0: and People Podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we spark leaders in transition who are unclear, go from fear to fired up about their life and business. And if you wish to talk more in depth about coaching, heart and mind fitness, brainstorming for your business, podcasting, and or veteran resources, connect with me, Shay, today at the calendar link in the show notes on your podcast platform and today's special guest is the amazing jill raff welcome to the show jill thank you i'm so very excited to be here with you today to speak about
1: our passions and absolutely love your show love the name of your show it's fantastic
0: Well, thank you so much. And I do want to give a shout out to Tracy Johnstone because of her post sharing her episode on my podcast. That's how we got connected. So thank you to Tracy. And thank you, Jill, for listening to that episode and being willing to be here today.
1: Of course, my pleasure. Thank you.
0: And for those of you who don't know, Jill Raff is the globally recognized EX to CX expert among the top 150 global customer experience, thought leaders, and influencers who works with executive leadership who recognize the paradigm shift due to the pandemic, the non-negotiable creation of more humanized culture, prioritizing their people. Yes. And she helps owners and executive leadership turn employees into advocates and customer magnets. Well, Jill, I can't wait to dive in. And for those of you who are listening, you can also, and we invite you to find out more on our website at jillraff.com, and that will be in the show notes as well. So Jill, I just love when we talked the other day, we just had so much synergy. So I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you?
1: Oh, gosh. To me, it's the core of everything we do here on this planet. I mean, truly, what are we without each other? We need each other in good times and bad. And if we are not invested in people, both personal relationships and especially in this case where we're talking about marrying it with business, then you have for a short time nothing but a watch mechanism, right? That, that just these cogs in the wheel that do their function, but they don't really create genuine connections. And that will, and I say for a short time, because that will be temporary. If you're not investing in your people, if you are not treating your people as a whole person and looking at them for what they contribute to you and not just that you are there using them and paying them a wage, then it will be short-lived because people need to know that they're recognized and appreciated and they won't stay around long for that.
0: I love your answer, and I love that you use the word used and that we some are sometimes not recognized and appreciated. So I'm just curious because I believe everyone's answer to that question has a little bit of their own experience wrapped into that. So yeah. was there a time where you felt used? in your employment, and you weren't recognized or appreciated like you really wanted to be?
1: Gosh, I think I've been really lucky. I've done many things across multiple industries. I'm trying to track back to mm-hmm. starting out with working as a fashion designer, but I was a part of a team. Maybe mm-hmm. my first entry-level job, Yeah. I was worked like a dog and not paid very well of in course. a New York City fashion. <laughs> so in that realm, maybe a bit, but... My direct boss, like people that I worked for and later on worked with, I. I felt like I was a part of this team. So later on, I became a designer on my own and I was a part of creative team. And so that was fantastic. And I didn't have that. And I always worked hard to make sure that people who were working for me or with me, I I didn't think of it as for me, but they were my assistants. I made a point to make sure that they felt like they were an important integral part of the team, that it wasn't me and them, that it was we. And I think that's why I had success with, the various people that I work with, or even later on when I became a food stylist, I would have assistants help me. And, and them being a part of the success or failure of whatever work we did, I was acutely aware of, and I passed that on to them. And I think because of that's how I grew up and my work ethic, I think that's what was always passed on. So I feel really fortunate. I, I can't really think of a time where I felt that way. And I I think also because I not just demanded, but I think through my showing what my value and my worth that therefore I fortunately for the most part was recognized for that work.
0: Well, it sounds like you really had great work experience. Kudos to you because I know a lot of times when we start a business, we learn how to not run a business. <laughs> so you had really great mentors and leaders in your life who really showed you the importance of investing in your team, the importance of recognizing and appreciating them and, sh- and showing that going above and beyond. So kudos to you for doing so. The reason I asked that question also, it gives us some background of like, what is it that you have been through? So when you started out in life, did you go, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be a fashion designer and then I'll start my business. Or what was your thought process? Yeah, it was
1: tradition, kind of classic, right? Going to, to school, went to university, and then I went on for another degree, which gave me something very specific to specific skills. And it was like on that track. But then later on, (coughs) excuse me, later on, I really, as I felt like I had completed one area of six to a level of success as the type of personality that I am, I'm always curious and searching and hungry for more and developing myself more. And so I, I naturally evolved to the next career and often in different industry, but took the tools and skills that I learned. So they were, there was an overlap. There was a a definite transition that made sense there. But I think just in doing so, I was still growing. And at the same time, using what I had and learning something new. So it was definitely a process.
0: So how did you determine that it was time for you to leave your position and start out on your own? What, what was their defining moment that said, okay, now is the right time. So with each transition, it was a little different.
1: I think the first one in, I'd worked in fashion for a long time and it's a grueling industry. And unfortunately my father was diagnosed with lung cancer and he was 65 and that all happened very quickly. And with, unfortunately within six months, we lost him.
0: I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was rough. And so I really just needed a break because mm-hmm. it, it it highlighted that I was so burnt out, number one, in fashion, and I needed time to just really grieve and to heal. And so that led me to what was next. I, I moved overseas where my sister was living and I did some different jobs and she was a, a food photographer and I've always loved food and both grew up in the industry, but also just myself love to cook and bake and, and play with all of that. And so that really led me to decide to go to Le Cordon Bleu in Paris and get my, which I wanted to do for myself, kind of for fun. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, now it's a great way to use it professionally. Yeah. And so that led me to become a food stylist. And so I did that for a while. And then again, using my design background and all of that. And then the next transition with just some personal family things. And it was someone approached me about being a real estate agent in his firm. And then I got my real estate license. And so I was always like, I still did food styling freelance. And then I was doing, built my real estate business and kind of one, one thing led to the next. And then we, the last one, really, we moved to Austin and I realized that real estate, while I love it, it's so natural. It's using just a piece of who I am. And I needed to use all of me and all my background and my skills and education and experiences. And that's really what led me to say, what incorporates all of what I do? And what is that common thread? Mm -hmm. Common denominator was always the people aspect. And I realized that's what lit me up. And that's what I love is the connection with other people, the relationships that are formed. And that's how I came to have this business that evolved now where it's employee, EX to CX is employee experience to customer experience, really focusing on investing in your people.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that, your amazing story journey. <laughs> a <little> long-winded. But <laughs> no, it's great because I, a lot of our listeners and a lot of my, my, my coaching clients, they're in that stage of like, where they're feeling unfulfilled. You said the word burned out, they're burned out, or they're coming into a transition where they're in the military and now they need to transition into back to civilian world. And there's this whole n- question of what's next for me. And I love that you took action by exploring things that you really love. Like you said, okay, first of all, I love to cook. So I am going to go to le Cordon Bleu. I mean, really? Just because you love to cook? That's amazing. And yet it just grew such a different path that it wasn't about being a chef or having a restaurant. It was about the food styling aspect, which is part of your design background. And then you took it further and was like, well, I like people, let's do real estate. And I really love that you then took it even further and was like, well, I love real estate. I like real estate, but I don't love it. And then you just really, again, took that exploration and really started to uncover within yourself, what is it that really draws me into my full fired up potential, right? And you just, I love that you've now created this whole business around people course, because that's my thing. But I love it from the standpoint of where you were to where you Mm. are now. And so many of us think that (laughs) success is just a one way that it's only up. Mm. It's not that at all. In fact, the journey of going to each different thing and each step was part of what we have to do.
1: And it's to me, it's the adventure, like living overseas was such fun and the exploration and i learned so much about who i was and it, it was really by following those sparks or those the curiosities that helps us find who we are and helps us realize what lights us up and what doesn't and until you do those things i mean I, growing up, I never dreamed I would be a fashion designer. I never dreamed I would do half the things that I've done. But to me, it's the attitude of looking at it as an adventure and an opportunity and not, oh gosh, like now what? Like, I don't know where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. And it's not, it's not all roses. I mean, it's sometimes it's really rough and, but all in all for me, I just feel like if I didn't have that. Like even now I'm itching, I really want to travel again. And it's that expiration. So I really do want to encourage anyone that who is in transition and who's thinking about that to just really follow your dreams, like sit down, write everything out. What are the pros and cons? What is the lifestyle that you want to lead? What's important to you? And then look at those lists. And then I think things will bubble up and you'll see maybe possibilities that could come from that.
0: And I want to add Also to what you said, thank you for sharing that is to also be okay in trusting the process because one of the things that you did that I think, again, most people don't talk about enough is that after your dad, unfortunately passed away, you took time to heal. You Mm. took time to grieve. And a lot of times we will just jump from one thing to another because we don't want to feel those feelings. And again, part of that journey, part of that process, part of the adventure that we're on is taking time to heal and rest Mm. when we're called to do so.
1: So important. Thank you for highlighting that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I had numerous deaths, unfortunately, in my family. And when I was knowing their diagnosis was terminal, my mom's, and grieving along the way when the time came for her to. When she passed, I didn't take the time off, but I allowed myself to step away from my business in short periods of time on a monthly basis, all of the, every month, that whole time from diagnosis to her passing, because I knew I needed to feel those feelings. And I knew that the workaholic in me and the high achiever was like, no, you got to keep going. And I was like, don't, it doesn't matter to me right now. What matters to me is my family. What matters to me is spending time with her. And I think those who are listening, who get that unfortunate call of here's the diagnosis, it gives you a, an opportunity to now choose your direction. Do you want your direction to go, okay, I'm going to go with things as normal, proceed as things as normal, or are you going to shift and create something new that empowers you and helps you heal and gives you time with what is really important? 100%
1: beautifully said. Cannot agree more.
0: Well, and I go ahead. Yeah, just say that
1: even if you try, I mean, for me, maybe it matters the person, but I think at the end of the day, it catches up to you. But even if you try to just jump, like I know someone who's in my mastermind, and there are a couple of women actually who unfortunately have recently lost their moms. And it's interesting. One said, I need time to grieve and to heal. And the other one's just like jumping right back in. And and I worried for her because I thought that you have to feel, you have to go through it to get to the other side. And I just really highly encourage that because you're never going to be really successful or happy with whatever you're doing after that. If you don't take the time, it's going to come back up to, to bite you. So.
0: Agreed. And for the men listening when you lose a loved one and you don't grieve, when it comes up to bite you, it turns into anger. Mm. It shows up as anger as, cause you didn't express the grief that you were feeling before. So if someone in your life is saying you're been, really been angry or mad a lot lately, I would ask yourself, is there something that you didn't grieve that you didn't give yourself grace to grieve for? Because I've just seen it over and over again. So I love that we're on this path of journey and adventure and really curiosity. And so tell us about how the thought process was now. You're like, okay, I'm going to really focus on what fires me up. So how did you lay that out? Did you get like a poster board or take a whiteboard and map all these things out? Or was it just like a dream and one morning you woke up and there it was, there's the idea, there's the business, there's the new business. Yeah, I wish.
1: (laughs) No, I've got some big foam core boards with lots of post-it notes all over the place, notebooks of ideas that I'm writing things down all the time. It's definitely an evolution. Actually, when it started out, it was very just customer experience focused. And as, as it evolved, I realized that in, in fact, someone that I met through COVID and LinkedIn and we've done some collaboration now, um, he also saw, cause sometimes I think we really do need someone else to look mm-hmm. from the outside at our work. Like we're so close to it and, <clears throat> excuse me. And he looked at my work and said, oh Jill, you are like, you are so strongly for the employee experience First, and there's like nobody else out there doing that. Like you mm. need to own that. And it was interesting because I looked through it. I was like, well, you're right. My work is basically focused on that where yes, it impacts the customer experience, but my, I feel strongly that it begins from the inside and which is why my framework is called the inside out framework that everything is structured around. And so I think that. From there, I just took the pieces and it really evolved. It became an evolution. And when I recognized that, then I went back in and honed that, a trademark, the EX to CX piece. And it just, it, life is an evolution. And I think business is certainly the same. I
0: love that. And I love that you respected this other person's advice enough Mm. to really listen. I think oftentimes we might get a quote unquote advice and you're like, yeah, whatever. But you really, you know, you dug in deep and you listened and was like, wow, he's spot on. I do focus on, I'm going to use the company culture, right? The inside of the culture. Mm -hmm. That's such a huge buzzword right now. So can you tell us a little about a little bit about that inside outside framework?
1: Yeah. And you're right. It is completely about the company culture. In fact, Someone heard me speak on another podcast recently, and she called to book me to do a four-hour workshop at the Mid-America Restaurant Expo and Conference. Nice. And so I'm going to be doing a whole thing on company culture. And of Yay! course, it's based around the principles of well, the foundational piece, the three plus one core ingredients of that Inside Out Framework is really about for me, it's educate. So it's the three E's plus one that educate is the first one. So I, I don't believe we should just train our people and everyone's like train and they're like, what do you mean you don't train your people? Well, you first have to educate them. And when you're educating Mm -hmm. them, it Mm -hmm. means educating them on your values, your vision, your mission, who you are. How can you bring people in and hire them without knowing Without them knowing who you are and without you knowing what they are, and maybe they're not aligned at all. and then you bring them into your culture and it's gonna inf- infect literally mm, infect yes. everything around them, not just affect right and And so it's about educating them on those things and then engaging with them, really connecting, really working shoulder to shoulder, not just barking orders down at people like really, understanding, engaging, showing them I'm not asking you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Again, bringing in that collaborative message. And then the third is entrust. So once you've educated properly, you've engaged with them, now you can feel confident to entrust them to live out that company culture, to express that to your customers, to behave accordingly to your fellow employees or fellow workers. And once you've trusted the foundation of any strong relationship, and then as leaders, you're able to step away and actually gain more time back, one probably to your life, which you need, but also professionally to take care of other things, to work strategically on your business, not just working in your business. And so when you have these three, it's the, really the core ingredients that you need regardless of what your per, your specific protocols and business is and then i've added in that extra one it's like that pinch of salt that helps concentrate and bring together and strengthen the the original ingredients and that sec that last e is empathy and i believe so strongly when you are kind and empathetic and you're showing that human side to the people around you that's when you're going to make those connections human to human and therefore that's when you're going to bring out the best in who everybody is.
0: Mm, I love this. I love this. I love the recipe that you have with the three E's plus one. You talked about empathy, humankind. I saw a a quote once it said humankind be both. I love that. Oh, that's great. I know. And I just thought, Oh, that's so, so fitting. And you're so right. We have to educate our team because sometimes when we don't educate our team, that bad seed will step in and ruin the whole thing. It's infectious. Like you said, just like this pandemic, it's an infection. Mm -hmm. It can spread both ways. So the positive can spread as well when you've educated Mm -hmm. them in the right manner. And then you have the engage, the connecting, um, And which kind of brings me back to my old salon that I worked at the owner and brings the interest as well. I love this. The owner would say, I am here to train you, but I am not below sweeping up your hair as well. Mm. And so when I saw him do that, I was like, what? He sweeps up hair too. Like, because when we started, like you were saying in the fashion industry, you start as the low person on the totem pole, you're literally, that's all you do is fold towels and sweet pear forever and <laughs> it's that entry level. So it's that like, and then you see the CEO doing it. You're like, oh my gosh, well, he's human as well. But I think he also said it best when he said, live with integrity and that's mm-hmm. doing the right thing, even when no one is looking and mm-hmm. you're really building that I- inclusive in everyone on the team with your recipe. So I, I love w- that you're I doing love it. that. Yeah.
1: And I bet when you saw him and everyone saw him doing that, he gained so much respect. Yes. Right. Yes.
0: Well, and it helped us see that we can, he goes back to your trust. It goes back to trusting the process, trusting his process of this is how you start. Then I'm going to build you up type of thing. And I mean, there was a whole lot of things that I learned what not to do as a boss. So those were the few things that I definitely took away. And I just was like, in awe of, okay, he's willing to sweep, then I can be willing to sweep my fellow site list as well. And that was how the salon that I was educated for, that's literally how we ran things, was everyone helped everyone. And that company culture in our little salon was totally different in other people's salon because it was not team teamwork-based. It was really about all for one. And it's so interesting how that That one seed can infect the entire bushel, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure your customers felt it, the difference in one versus the other. Oh, yes. And when you lead by example, you are, you're creating that culture that, and ultimately if your customers are feeling that negativity or positivity, that's going to impact whether they become repeat customers, whether they refer to you, it's so important.
0: Yes. And we would we were a small enough city that there were three locations. And when we would get people in that say, oh, I've been to this location, or I've been to that location and I didn't like it there, but there's such a different mm-hmm. feeling here. And I just had this experience with a restaurant the other day. I was sitting there and I was listening to the couple tell the manager who was actually being their server at that moment telling them how they loved that particular location rather than another location Mm -hmm. because of the service they got, the quality of food they got, the felt like they were welcomed into their establishment, which uh, that's a whole nother thing. People don't even think about the welcoming. Like how can you feel like someone you're inviting someone into their home when you're walking into your establishment? Right. And it is a feeling and that's what's
1: so key. If you've done the educate and engage and then trust really well within, and you've invested in your people and you've created that teamwork environment, it should run in the background so that people come in and they feel it. They might not be able to identify unless they're acutely aware. Like I walk in and I I, I observe everything like 360 around me and I can, but most people just who aren't trained and who don't in a salon, for example, Mm -hmm. or in a restaurant, whatever it is, They just know what they feel. The old Maya Angelou quote, but truly you just want your people to feel that. They don't need to say, oh, it's because this person looked me in the eye and they called, said my name. Like those things should just be absorbed. And when they feel it, that's when you're going to have the most impact. People respond emotionally. And 95% of our communication and purchases are made based on their emotional connection.
0: Absolutely. Our emotions drive our actions whether we take a, a positive action from it or a negative action, it drives yeah. our actions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely. I love this conversation. And as obviously we can talk hours on this subject. So tell us where you want to go next. Since we've talked about your past, let's talk about your future. Where do you want to, where do you see yourself going? I'm
1: just really enjoying Digging in and what's coming from this, the people that I'm meeting, the people that I'm helping with the coaching. I have a hybrid course, so there's online work and it comes with the one-to-one or one-to-small group, consulting, coaching, speaking, going, speaking in different organizations, making those connections with people, feeling like I can make a difference and have an impact. And if nothing else, just to create that thought process, that awareness for leaders to recognize, oh, if we did it this way, and it's such a small investment that this is just the right way to do business anyway, look at almost free. If they do it on their own, then it would be free. If they probably need some guidance, so it would be whatever investment in bringing someone in to help them. But it's such a small amount. And when you set that up to, to run the way truly it should, it's going to pay back dividends like exponentially and in your bottom line that everyone's so focused on instead of focusing on your bottom line, focus on your people and the bottom line will take care of itself. So for me, I'm just really enjoying that. My youngest is finishing her junior year. So she's got one more year left, but I'm already thinking again, like when she's off to college, where can I maybe live overseas again, but where I can continue this work, like where could I go and still do the work that I'm doing to help businesses, whether large or small, it's really industry agnostic. The principles are the same. And where can I go to, to continue to explore the way cultures, different cultures are handling these things and that I can make a difference at the end of the day. I want to live with intention and purposefully and surround myself with like-minded people in that respect of, of different of same ethics, but not that we all have to think alike. Like we, I feel like I grow from being introduced to other ideas and cultures and customs, which I've always really loved. So I'm looking forward to more of that.
0: Yes, this is why we became best friends on our first phone call, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) I love this, I love this, I love this. And the thing I love about it so much is that you're willing, well, first of all, you are the epitome of what investing in people Looks like because you are teaching others how to invest in their people, on with the understanding that it will overflow onto their revenue. Mm-hmm. That it's not about just working on the revenue, it's about working on the people, investing in them first. Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah to start yeah. with
1: your people.
0: And I love that you're so willing to step out of your comfort zone and live overseas not for the second time and really just explore the different cultures. And that's like, truly, that's what I ultimately love to do is just travel the world and heal people one hug at a time, just by having amazing Thank conversations you. like this. Right. And, Absolutely. and to make a difference in this world, even if it's one person at a time is, I feel like we're, well, that's why we're all here. That's why we're all here. It's just I agree tapping into that. And how, what does that look like? It's so
1: much richer, right? It's so much more enjoyable. And and that's my, the woo side of what I do, honestly, it's because I really feel, I know how I feel when I've had a good experience as a customer And so I think I leave and I just have this like lightness and this energy. And I've got a smile. I notice I have a smile on my face. And and so of course, then I pass that on to the next person I communicate with. And so what if, if we had those experiences all day long as customers and as people who deliver services? Wow. The world we live in would be such a happier, more peaceful, not just tolerant, but actually celebrating who we are and our differences. Like what a better world we would live in. And so that's really ultimately what I would love
0: to accomplish through this, if, if at all possible. Well, I can tell you already are living through that. You are living proof of that right now, which brings me to my next question. What do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? Goodness, I actually talk about
1: like in my signature talk, and I think about the legacy that I got from my dad. He left us way too early, but All that he taught me and all that i learned from him was not lost on me and i think that was his legacy he was such a people person the stories that i hear until today when i speak to people i've been interviewing people who worked for him when they started when they were 17 and now they're in their 60s they remember specific they like verbatim conversations with my dad And they remember him as someone who looked them in the eye, who asked about their family members by name, who knew when their kids were going off to college, like those details. I'm not as great as that with my memory as my dad was, but I hope that I will be remembered as someone who lived my life with integrity, who was able to make a difference and an impact to make this world a better place and loving and Respect and integrity. Those are really the core values for me.
0: Well, yes, you are living that right now. So thank you for that. And if you don't mind, would you share us, share with us what your, who your dad was and what did he what did he build? We'll put it that way.
1: Sure. Absolutely. With pride. My dad started out, my, my dad and my mom, I should say, together with my grandparents for their first store were McDonald's owner operators. And their first store was number 150
0: Wow! Uh, when
1: the corporation was first started in 1959. Wow. Well, the corporation was started in 55. So their first store opened in 1959, Nocala, Florida, where I was born. And years later, and he started from nothing. He used to say they they didn't have two nickels to rub together. And he worked his buns off, (laughs) pun intended. (laughs) And my mom took care of everything counter, front of counter. And my dad was everything back at counter. And he really built a great business. They had multiple stores in the end across different states. But I think what was so important is the stories that i hear and the legacy that he left and to he would always come in people would say oh we'd see mr raff coming in and next thing we know he was on the fry station he was always there pitching in and he was that shoulder to shoulder boss and he people say to me he demanded respect like he just threw his tone and through his behavior like you knew but yet he was so warm. And Mm -hmm. so he had this charisma and this warmth and people said we respected him and he respected us. And that's the kind of person that he was. And and people, you know, it's, it's amazing. People say, I met your dad once and I will never forget him. He just had this way with people and it was because he took interest. He cared. And so it really ties into your podcast because he was always fully invested in and whoever he met and particularly those who were working for him in front in terms of a business, a businessman. And he grew a successful business, I think, largely because of the people aspect that he was so good with.
0: Beautiful. It brings tears to my eyes because you are a beautiful living example of the kind of man your dad lived. I'll say it that Thank way. You. And it brings tears to my eyes on my own end because my dad also to this day, I get that as well. He was Mm -hmm. in sales and had his own business too. And he was always about the people first, the product later.
1: Therefore, look at you, right?
0: Yeah. Yes. So that. we talked about your website before, jillraff.com. Is there any other books or podcasts or any other things that you want to share that people connect with you with, even on LinkedIn?
1: Sure. I, yeah. LinkedIn is definitely my where I live the most. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook a little bit, but LinkedIn is the main one. I do a show myself every Thursday called Celebrity Customer Experience, Riffs with Jill Raff. And I believe that every customer should feel like a celebrity. We all know the treatment that celebrities get. And I believe that our dollar is worth the same dollar that they give you when you go to deposit in the bank. And why not? We should all be treated like celebrities and have that same experience. It's every Thursday at 12. I'm rethinking some of this, whether to do it every single week or not, but right now it's been Thursdays, 12 central time on LinkedIn. And they do live there as well as YouTube and Facebook. They simulcast and they will be, they stay on there. My YouTube channel has them all. So you can catch that for sure. And there are various tools and documents and things that I have that may be of interest to your listeners. There's a CX checks checklist. There's the, this shark methodology that I use, which is without going into too many details. It's about serving from the heart, the mm-hmm. S the H is to really hear not what someone's saying, but also really list like to mm-hmm. listen, but to hear what they're saying. Yeah. The A is actually A squared. It's acknowledge and appreciate those people around you, both internally, your coworkers, as well as your customers. R squared is for respect and results. Everyone we talked about, right? The respect from your, your boss who was there sweeping up, everyone wants to be respected and, and it makes a big difference. And people are coming to you for some sort of resolution of some sort. So whether it's, a problem that was had or just a need that they want that they're coming to you for. And then of course the K, my favorite is kindness Mm. and that that carries everything through. So there I have a document on that. So if there's anything of interest in any way that this resonates with your audience of in a way that I can be of service and help please do reach out. You can reach me directly, jillraff.com or check out my website. There's a really fun way to interactively tell me about you and your business. On the top, there's a link that says, I think it says like, tell me about who you are in your business, something like mm. that. So yeah, I'm always open and look forward to that engagement, that, that yes. connection is what I love. Hearing mm. about others.
0: Mm, Thank you. I love that. And I love the acronym SHARK because I'm all about acronyms as well. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Easy Yes. Well, thank you, Jill, so much for taking time out of your schedule for being here. Just so blessed to know you, to call you my friend and to have you on my show. So thank you. I am blessed. Thank
1: you for this time. It's been really a treat getting to know you. I loved our conversation before in this conversation and look forward to many more to come. And I thank you for all you're doing. And I just love
0: the investing in people, how
1: important that is. And thank you for highlighting that. Thank
0: you. And before you go, I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture or mantra are you living by? right
1: Gosh, I think it's about, I don't have a specific one, but I think- when we, that we need to live into our dreams to make them into a reality. I
0: love that. Live into yeah. your dreams to make them a reality. Yeah. Yeah. And you have done that. So thank you for being an example. Yeah. Yes.
1: A lot more living to do. Yes. Yeah, And Thank
0: you. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. If you enjoyed this show, because you probably took some notes, because Jill's recipe with the three plus one is amazing. So I'm sure you took some notes. Give us an honest review over Apple podcast and let us know. Let us know what you liked. You can even email me at Shay at Shaysparks.com and let us know what resonated with you. And I will definitely pass that on to Jill if you didn't catch her email as well. And until next time, let's get fired up. This podcast is a proud partner of the Heroes Media Group, Lima Charlie Network, and Global Sisterhood Podcast Network sponsored by Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business, and Quest Education. What if you could use the money inside your retirement account, penalty and tax-free, and use that money to start your own dream business? Our friend, Daniel Blue, from Season 5, Episode 5, over at Quest Education, is so kind to give you our listeners their How to Grow Your Money Tax-Free online course completely complimentary just for listening to today's show. We invite you to find out more about their generous opportunity at the link in the show notes. So just imagine the business you could start with your freed up money.